souvenirs. Hello, we've got a jam-packed episode of Podum Up for you this time. We'll be talking about the EGX Gaming Expo in London, where I got hands-on with Sonic Frontiers and various other lovely indie games. We'll also, of course, be talking about this month's book club pick, Stray, for PS4 and 5 and PC. Six of Pod'em Up. My name's Tibbs. With me is Ollie. Ollie. Mm-hmm. That's me. There we go. I I thought I would do the intro this time because mm. it's always you that does it. It um, is, yeah. Now I'm realising why it's always you that does it. Because um, that was rubbish. But <laughs> it's done. So let's move on. No, it was all right. I thought that was quite uh, reasonable. That's all right, I suppose. Yeah, not bad. Could have used a bit more gusto, but. Well, I can edit it a bit to make it sound like you've got a bit more gusto. Yeah, but yeah, put put a bit of, you I'll... know, like echo on it, like I'm in a large, like I'm in the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> I'll add 20% more gusto and, uh, yes. and echo, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we're pulled them up. Um, uh, what are we doing today? Uh, stray. Cats. cats mostly, mostly cats, yes. Yeah. Very cat-themed episode. Um, we'll be doing that later. I've also got to talk about EGX, which I went to yesterday. And, you did. I uh, yeah. had a thoroughly good time there as well. Oh, good. Mm. But first of all, I want to hear what you've been playing. Um, I've been playing all little bits, bits and bobs. Mm. Um, like the rest of the world, I've been playing a bit of Trombone Champ. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about this, but I don't know really anything about it. <laughs> it. It's 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 just a very silly, fun game. It's like um, it's like a rhythm game yeah. where you play trombone. Um, so you've got like a little bar down the left hand side of the screen. And you've got a uh, you use your mouse to just move up and down, and as the trombone notes come across, you click or you can press a button on the keyboard. Mm. So you just have to like move your mouse up and down to the right positions as the notes come across and click. But it click, you know, it blows the trombone every time you click. So you can you're playing like this, you know, the song, and it's just going like <laughs> it's 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 really good. Um, <laughs> Only played it for a bit, um, 
because it doesn't work so well with it. You need a proper mouse for it because I, I I was playing it with a trackpad on the laptop. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't work very well like that. Mm. So I reckon if you, you you get a nice proper mouse with it, you know, get a nice proper expensive luxury gaming mouse. Treat yourself. Yeah. Um, get one of those ones with the flashing lights on it. Oh, you'd have a whale of a time <laughs> playing the trombone. Um. But yeah, so I haven't played enough of it to, to give a, a full opinion on it. I don't know how much it will continue to be fun once the once the joke wears out. But um, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I also played uh, a game called ReCore. Um, yeah, I know the name of this. I think it, it's quite an old game. Oh, I say quite old. I think it, it was I, it was around. It was one of the early Xbox One games, I think. Um, it wasn't right. launched, but it was around that time. Um, it's kind of a, I think the kids call it a looter shooter. You sort of a looter shooter. Yeah, you like go around, you shoot things, and all the enemies will drop like a selection of loot that you have. You, you collect up, and then you you know you can use that to modify your weapons and armor and things like that. Hmm. And you have to go around the the world collecting little bits and bobs. Um, it's quite a good game. Um, it. it was critically ignored um got very sort of average reviews no one bought it really mm. um and it's a shame because i th- i think it was I, I get the feeling from it that it was intended to be the start of a series and it just never went anywhere they never made the second one um but you basically you wander around this sort of you've woken up on this desert planet and it's inhabited by evil robots and you have to You've got a good robot who's a little dog who goes around with you, a little robot dog. Mm-hmm. And you've got to go around and investigate what, what's happening. And by collecting, you need to collect these little spheres, these power cores uh, to power up your ship and, you know, modify your weapons. And as you start collecting them, you start piecing together what's happened to this planet and why you're there and what's happening. Um, it's quite good. Um, I didn't complete it because I got... It's similar to um, the situation I had with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh, yeah. I I got to the end and I just couldn't be bothered with it. Mm. I've had that with a few games. You kind of yeah. get to the end and it's a bit tough. And yeah. you kind of feel like, well, I've pretty much seen the whole game now, really. Do I, do I need to push it right to the end? Am I that invested in it? Probably not. I could just look it up on YouTube if I'm that, if I'm that bothered. So I've done that with quite a few games. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> the situation. It's like, I, you know, because the thing is, you, you there's kind of, it's not a spoiler to say, because it's kind of obvious from, you know, you, you get to what you think is the final boss, like what's been built up as the bad guy, the big bad. You get in yeah. quite early and you think, oh, that can't be, the, the game's not going to finish there, surely. And it doesn't. It turns out that <laughs> literally he, you haven't killed him. He's just gone upstairs. He's just, <laughs> he's, he's just gone up a few floors in this building. Um, so you, you have to get go back into the world, collect some of these cores to unlock the 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 next floor. So I did that, and there's a few really sort of tough boss arenas. Is they sort of uh, you know you're you work your way up this this building doing sort of platforming tasks and you know using all the skills you've learned to navigate these tricky areas and then you get locked into a boss arena where you you have to take on like a series of bosses at once and then when you've done that it will unlock and let you on to the next bit 
And I was getting really stuck on like this. I think it was the third or fourth of these boss arenas, and I was just thinking, have I missed something? Am I? Because mm. I'm re- having a really hard time with this. So I looked up a, a walkthrough just to see if there's any strategies or any good good tactics. And it turns out that after I'd finished this boss fight, it turns out I get to the floor where I thought he was, and he's gone upstairs again. <laughs> So you then have to go back out into the world, collect more of the spheres, come back in and do the whole lot again. I was like, no. Uh, no, 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 no. No. It's a good game. I enjoyed my time with it, but, you know, that's plenty. Yeah. So I, I ditched it there. Um, and the other one I've been playing is a bit of Wolfenstein, the reboot they did a few years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Wolfenstein, A New Order. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's very depressing. Very yes, depressing. it looks depressing. Yeah. Oh, it really is. It really is. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's good if you like that sort of thing. If you're looking for a good shooter with a, you know, a good good little story on it. But yeah, yeah it's very bleak. Hmm. Very bleak. And the thing is, I know because I I know they've done two sequels to it at least. So I know that it's not going to have a good ending, is it? It's obviously not going to. He's not going to beat the Nazis and everything's happy at no. the end because there's there's two sequels. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's the slight flaw with doing things later on I suppose isn't it yeah you know it would be a lot easier it would be a lot more palatable if you knew at the end he was going to you know be I mean why I don't know if because I know in the original Wolfenstein they had like Cyborg Hitler didn't they they did the, famously yeah yeah so I, I don't know if he's going to make an appearance in the game <laughs> it'd be great if he did <laughs> it would be I have a feeling he might not <laughs> I don't know it's just no. yeah Maybe that's what they're building up to. Maybe in like the third game, the most recent one, the, you it's, you finally get to fight Cyborg, Cyborg Hitler. Hitler. It's funny. It's just, it brings up um, a point I heard on the, the Sonic the Comic the podcast lately, and mm. they were it was they were doing um, a, a fairly famous uh, strip on the internet in which um, Tails. This sounds ridiculous, but Tails meets a magic unicorn who takes him off to this. Um, Dream World, where he gives him a gun and says, "You can shoot Robotnik." Oh, I saw. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, and they they were saying how people are like were quite surprised by this and on Twitter, you know, more recently. Mm. But they said, although it is a weird story, uh, in those days you could reference things like that JFK thing because it was set up like a JFK assassination yeah. thing. You could reference things like that and like things like put Hitler in Wolfenstein. And that was just part of things like popular, like history, got into yeah. into popular culture and games and, and media and things yeah. in a way that you don't see so much now for some reason. Like you you you, yeah. you can't imagine them putting Hitler in a modern Wolfenstein, but they they could get away with it in the olden days. And there's something they suggested it might be nine eleven that that that's the turning point where you know something huge happened that suddenly it felt wrong to put real things into into media, but. Mm, it's an interesting. It is, yeah, it is interesting how yeah how approaches to to historical events like that have changed in terms of entertainment. Because mm. I remember when the first Medal of Honor game came out on the the PlayStation One, um, a lot of the magazines at the time were, you know, there were a, a couple of think pieces about you know is it moral or ethical to turn World War Two into a video game? Is, mm. it, is this something we should be doing in games? I thought there's bloody loads of them. You can't there are, yeah. World War Two shooters. <laughs> yes, right? there are a lot of them. Yeah, 
Do they always? How how attitudes change, isn't it? Yeah. Do they always refer to the Nazis in those? Like, I'm sure. I was what years and years ago. I was watching my cousin play one of the earlier Call of Duties, maybe three or four, and they referred to them as the fascists, and I don't think they referred to them as the Nazis. Was that is that a thing, or maybe I was making up? I don't want. I maybe I will preface this by saying I could be talking utter nonsense. I could be making this up entirely. Mm. But I'm fairly sure that in Germany there's laws that yes. forbid yes, you're right, any reference to the Nazis or like their iconography or things like that in media. Ah, uh, I've heard yes, I've heard of that, yeah. So I wonder if it may be like, you know, to save you know, doing two different versions and swapping yeah. out textures and dialogue and things. If you just call them the fascists, it mm. just saves time when you when you're publishing the game worldwide. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. I remember. I th- I'm pretty sure they they called them Nazis in the original Medal of Honor. It's been a long time since I played it. Yeah. Um, but they also had um, a, you could play as Bismarck the dog in a multiplayer <laughs> shoot 'em up section of it. So. Right. You know, how accurately they reflected, you know, the time period is, is up for debate, really. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Okay. What have you been playing? Well, nothing, really. Because um, oh. I've, <laughs> I've, well, <laughs> well, I've got plenty to talk about from EGX, so I thought I'd, I'd focus on that. Because I haven't really... Because yeah. um, my eyes were quite bad for about three weeks after we did our last show. So I didn't really play anything during that time. And after that, I've just been playing Stray. So... Nothing else that I haven't already talked about on previous shows, really. Okay. So uh, yeah, EGX it was um, it, it was great. It was just uh, it was in these, this Excel Center in London, which is this massive new complex for these sorts of conventions and things. Really big, long hall, uh, loads and loads of stands there. I've been a couple of times in previous years. I think in twenty thirteen and fourteen, I think it was. But the, uh, one of the key differences between then and now is the the relationship between indies and and the big games because back then it was mostly big games and the indies were in a little corridor somewhere mm. just off the side now it was mostly indie games um which is really cool to see obviously you had sonic frontiers you had street fighter 6 um whatever the new call of duty is a couple of others nintendo had a booth but that was all just their current games but everything else was just was just sort of indies really and it's great to see because i hadn't really seen hardly any of them before so I was just going through all the indie stands, and there was loads and loads of them. I've got a few that I'll list in a minute that I, that, I, that I played and particularly stood out to me. But yeah, it was really good. There's a retro section as well, so you you know they had all that, pretty much every console and eight bit machine and computer old computer that you can think of to set up yeah. there with a game on it. Yeah, the last time I think I've only been to one. I went when it was still called Eurogamer. Yes, I, I, yeah. I've mentioned it before. It was the year when they gave out the on live. Oh yeah, yeah, things. yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to the. I spent a, a bit of time in the retro section because uh, I was big into Street Fighter Four at the time. I, I I was getting really into Street Fighter Four, and they had Street Fighter Two there. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'll challenge someone to Street Fighter Two. <laughs> yeah. I fancy myself a bit tasty. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Got absolutely tranked. <laughs> absolutely tranked. Yeah. Really put down there on the afternoon if I'm being honest. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't try Street Fighter Six here because, yeah. well, on the one hand, it, I wouldn't know it any different what's different from Street Fighter 5 because I don't I'm not very good at it but I'd probably just someone will probably sit next to me and just completely destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> so it but wouldn't it's, be very it's fun. good those little retro areas though. Yeah, they're really good. I the only thing I would say um is that they should that, and they've had this before the same same issue. They don't have any like labeling of what the console is and what the game is. 
if you oh, really? if you know it that that's fine but there's no there's otherwise no real context to it yeah like there was what there was one and i'm sure i've seen this machine before it it appeared to be a playstation it had sony written on it um i think it was playing a king of fighters game and it had a playstation dual shock uh, controller but it was like a white box fairly big almost like a bit bigger than a sega saturn but I, I, I couldn't have what, like, out what a, it was. like like a square box sort of squarish a bit smooth around the edges didn't look it like been the P- it could have been the PSX that that Japanese ah yeah DVR um, video recorder you know um, digital video recorder combo thing that they, they released yes I think now you say that I think it might have been but for, for it would have been nice to just have that saying that this is a PSX a version of the PS one you know hmm. something like that so and there's various other eight bit machines as well you know that. Um, I've recognised most of them, but not everyone will. You know, like like Dad bringing their kids to try on a, a retro machine. You know, it might be quite nice to know what the game is and what the machine is. But yeah, yeah, and also mo- those old machines. Most of them, some of them were had CRTs and they looked the best, but obviously a lot of them had like you know just monitors and things, and it was all stretched out. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the four or three, and it wasn't the ideal way to play it. Um, it can be difficult to get all the the right monitors for because there's a lot of them there. You know, getting a CRT for all of them might have been a bit difficult these days. But not EGX. You know, they got un- you should have been flipping tables at that point. <laughs> yeah, I should have been. Really <laughs> kick just... up a stink. What is this? Yeah. What? Is... This is disgusting. <laughs> Flip a table. Calls the scene. Yeah. 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 When the security comes over, grab him by the the little lanyard. Look. Look at Look it. at this. Just shove his face in the. Yeah. Yeah, Incidentally, yeah. I didn't uh, go for the press pass uh, in the end. The, for- no. the form was just far too long to fill in, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it doesn't act- didn't actually allow you to c- cut any cues or really do anything special. So I just didn't bother in the end. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. So anyway, when I went in, I made a beeline for Sonic Frontiers. Obviously, hmm. the queue wasn't bad. It was about half an hour at that time. Um, yeah, was- I-, I I liked it. It was very good. Um, the thing about it is the thing about the demo is that you have to do the tutorial sequence first because obviously there's a lot of uh, new moves, things to learn. Obviously, you've got to learn how the structure of the game works. So that takes about ten minutes, but it's a timed demo. It sort of lasts between ten to fifteen minutes. Um, it, it doesn't really cut you. It'll sort of cut you off at a good. Say you just finished the boss, it'll probably cut you off there. But you spend most of that time doing the tutorial and you only it leaves you in the open world at the end of it but you don't really get more than like two or three minutes in there which is where the where the real meat of it is yeah that's that's an odd decision yeah it is a bit i can see why they didn't want people hanging around for too long doing it and you have to take them through the steps first so it's a difficult one but they did have loads they had loads and loads of stations there they had at least 25 30 stations oh, wow. there yeah yeah because obviously you sit you sit there for quite a while so then they wanted to keep it going so it was it was good in that sense but yeah so um the first time I, I played it twice um the first time i played it i i only got through the tutorial and it just cut off as i was going to the open world um i didn't because i when i was looking at what people were playing they were all during that tutorial thing so i figured it must it must end at the end of the tutorial so i didn't really rush myself through it but as I was queuing up for a second time, I saw people doing stuff in the open world bit, and I thought, oh, if you push on really quick and like skip cutscenes and things, you can get there. Um, so I did that in the end, and I 
end up fighting that. Um, I think it's called Ashura, the big tentacle boss. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's the only thing I did in the open world, really. I, I, I should have gone for a third time to have another go at it, but as you only get like two or three minutes of it, I thought, you know, it's, it's probably not worth it. But what I played, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, the controls feel really good. I would say, because they've got the boost button on the trigger now, so it feels oh, like a okay. better version of the Sonic Lost World control setup. Hmm. It's where you have to hold the trigger to run. So the movement is a bit... The the without boost movement is a bit faster than Lost Worlds, a bit, a bit more fluid, um, but it's not too fast that you'll fall off things really easily. Uh, and then you've got the boost where it's you know it's quite a controllable boost, so it feels good. It feels um, really nice to control. The combat felt pretty good. Um, the homing attack now works just when you're standing, rather you don't have to jump. Threat, so you can sort of dash straight to an enemy and if you keep tapping it you'll sort of be in the air and keep hitting okay. them and stuff so it feels really good actually it's one of those things you have to feel really to to get a sense of how enjoyable it is but yeah i quite i quite enjoyed it and you can obviously using sonic speed you can dash around them to avoid stuff and then go in for the for the attack so it was good and obviously there's a skill tree that you unlock more stuff so i kind of wanted to see what else you unlock later on, but obviously I didn't get that, couldn't get that far. I know enough. you've got an aversion to skill trees in general. I do have an aversion to skill trees. Yeah, I don't really like them, but uh, I, do, I, I like the idea of unlocking new moves and seeing what they do, so I'll, I'll accept mm. it on this occasion, I think. you got a little go on the cyberspace stages. There's a Green Hill one hidden right behind you when you start. You also get a Sky Sanctuary one during the, during the tutorial. They're pretty much what you expect, really. They play just like any boost Sonic but uh, yeah, to be I mean, to be honest, because of its because it's mostly a tutorial, I find it difficult to cut for anyone to come away with extremely positive or extremely negative reactions to it just because of what the what was in the demo. But yeah, um, yeah. but so I mean, I think the thing everyone wants to know is how well the open world stuff is going to work. And if you didn't get a chance to really get your teeth into that, then no, that's the thing. I mean, people a lot of people have been playing it and getting that far and trying different things because I think it opens up quite a lot to be fair if you can get that far and you can do a lot of different things when you get there and so if you look at there's loads of videos online of people doing different things and finding different little missions and things and they look pretty cool but I mean it's only a month and a half till the game comes out so we'll all find out how it plays plays there yeah. I guess but I mean I'm it's it's increased my excitement for it. I was already getting pretty excited about it anyway but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, it's um, it's a very different Sonic game. I think if you're going to accept it, you have to accept that it's it's trying things in a very different way. I yeah, I mean, I I go, I've got no problem with it taking a completely different route. I mean, we've said before, like Sonic Lost Worlds took a completely different different route to previous games. Yeah, and you know, I, oh, I, I've played a bit of that since as well. Have I haven't you? actually picked that up, so mm. um. Haven't put too too much time into it yet, but yeah, mm. you know. So I'm not I'm not against um, Sonic taking a different direction. I think I just think Sega mishandled it. I I I just think they really shot themselves in the foot with the way they unveiled it, and I I just don't know what they were. Thinking. But it, <laughs> my default position on anything Sega do is I don't understand their thinking. Yeah, we do say that a lot, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be an interesting game, mm. you know, good or bad. I think it will have a lot. To, we'll have a lot to talk about when it comes out. Def- definitely, yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's just it'll all hang on how well they structure those open worlds and yeah, exactly. how much there is to do and how the variety of things you can do and things like that. So we'll only know yeah. that when it when it comes out. Because mm. there's one thing I I 
I hate when something's described as an open world game as if that's meant to be a good point in and of itself. And it's yeah. Like, how many open world games have you played where, yeah, it's open world, but there's just it's just empty space. <laughs> it's just miles and miles and miles of nothing to do in these spaces. Oh yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it is a bugbear of mine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, from so, from what I've heard, I think there is quite a lot to do. You know, everywhere you look, there's all there's all sorts of stuff. So yeah, hopefully that won't be the case here. Yeah, well, I mean, you haven't come away from it saying, oh, God, it's awful. So, <laughs> no, not at all. You no. know, that, no. that's, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. It, it feels, whether you're on board with some of the directions or not, it feels like they are really trying this time. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, they've they've previously said that they are shooting for good review scores, which is an odd thing for any game company to say, because, of course, they're shooting for good review scores. But Yeah. <laughs> I think there's been times in the past where they just want to get a Sonic game out. <laughs> so uh, it's good to know that they're at least pointing things in that direction anyway. As a surgeon, I'm looking to really make sure the patients survive this <laughs> You know, that's our aim. So fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Let's, let's keep this one alive this time. <laughs> um Yes, so another game I really enjoyed that I'd never heard of until I got to it was as a game called Gory Cuddly Carnage. I saw you. I saw you tweet about that. I haven't looked it up yet, but yeah. I just I caught my eye because there's another cat on it. Exactly, it's another cat. I saw a cat and I thought, oh, that's a bit like Stray. But when you yeah. see it, 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 that's where the similarities end. Um, <laughs> when I was when I was going around EGX, it's usually organised by uh, like the publishers of the the indie game. So this was done by Wired Productions and they had just a load of their games out in their in a sort of booth. I stood there waiting. I got on there eventually. Um so it's gameplay wise, it's so you imagine Jet Set Radio but structured as a linear platformer. Kind of feels like 3D Sonic in a way. You're sort of going uh, doing some wall running, grinding, that kind of thing. You're on a you're a, by, by the way, you're a cat on a hoverboard, right? A talking hoverboard, um, but it also splits into hack and slash sections. So it's kind of a, a jet set radio style platformer with a hack and slash bits, um, and it, it's good. I, I I think I preferred the platforming to the hack and slash. The it was it was okay, but it just got a little bit repetitive. The the bits that I those bits that I played, you kind of you fight these kind of zombie unicorns. And um, there was like a good five minute stretch where I was just fighting the same enemy, like hundreds of instances of that enemy, um, it, you know, which gets fun for a bit. But after that point, you're like, yeah, can I do a bit of platforming now? So uh, I'm hoping that the balance, you know, the balance will be addressed as you get more moves and you get different enemies and things. But, you know, it's yeah, it's also got the sort of the same irreverent humor as Lollipop Chainsaw does. So oh, it's right. very sort of adult themed. It's you know it's got swearing in it and things like that, and you know these sort of outlandish characters. Good script, good good dialogue and everything. So it was very striking, a very colourful game. And the uh, yeah, yeah, I just I I really like that. I mostly like the platforming bits to be honest, because they were very forgiving. Like you could leap from wall to grind rail, and say the grind rail in most games I was sort of heading for a trajectory that I would miss that grind rail but mm. I think if you just press A at the right time you'll get on it and it was quite forgiving in that sense you could hop from one thing to another really easily so um, yeah it felt really smooth and transitioning to, from one thing to another so, so when nice. you say 
like it's like Jet Set Radio. Is that like, are you talking in terms of gameplay, or is it like cell shaded, like art style no, and stuff as well? No, gameplay wise, okay. I was really just say if you imagine Jet Set Radio, but as a sort of a linear platformer. Yeah, that's kind of the gameplay style. Quite and and sort of with the the sort of smoothness of Sonic being able to go from one thing to another, and sort of that mm. general sort of sense of speed as well. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. I sat there for quite a while doing it, actually. It took me... Because I got a bit stuck at the at the beginning and I couldn't work out what to do, so it ended up taking me like 26 minutes at the end, it said. Um, I felt a bit guilty because there was clearly people waiting behind me to play. Because <laughs> at one point I, I got beaten by the boss and I thought, shall I give up then? Because it's clearly like the, the last boss of the level and I thought, no, I'm going to carry on and just, just finish it off. <laughs> it, was, it, was a good, it was a good moment in the in the afternoon. It was nice. So yeah, I'd recommend going and checking that out. That is, um, if you missed the name at the beginning, it's Gory Cuddly Carnage. And it's coming out on everything next year. Another game I saw that had quite a big uh, promotion. They had this big model thing in the middle. Um, it's called Planet of Lana. I have Never seen it. it. Well, yeah, I've seen it a little bit on Twitter beforehand. Very pretty 2D puzzle platformer. Sort of set in a nice green rural environment, blue sky. Uh, you're a child with a, a little blobby black sidekick that you can command in order to uh, solve puzzles and progress so you can tell them to go over there and pull this thing and you can do that um, gameplay wise probably nothing you haven't seen before but it's just nicely presented you know mm. just look nice played nice people seem to enjoy it uh, another one I quite liked was uh, wave tail so it's quite a sort of an open 3d platformer but again the, the and it looked really nice. You could ride along the water and the waves had a really nice sort of undulating effect. It felt really good to sort of ride across them. But the controls for the character, I couldn't, I got a bit stuck trying to figure out what to do. So I was just sort of roaming around aimlessly. But the controls felt really, really nice. Like the moves you can do, you know, when you when you play a, play a 3D platform, it just feels really nice you know you yeah. sort of uh you jump and you can float quite far you can really go f- quite fast along the water and leap high into the air things like that just felt really really good so um yeah that's uh that's one to look out for and there was just various other little things i just had little goes on here and there i got to go on eastwood which was uh it's, it's a game that's already out. i mentioned it before in an incoming indies it's like a, a very beautiful pixel art zelda top down zelda like so i finally got to go on that that's really really cool yeah, it does really sound like indies are sort of the, the main attraction there. That Definitely. And compared to, because like I say, I mean, whenever it was I went, like, I think the big the big game out at the time then was, oh, I don't even remember. I can't remember. I know Rage mm. was there, that the id Software game. Yeah. Um, sort of first-person shooter. I know there was a WWE game coming out. There was a Sonic game coming out. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Generations. Oh right, okay. I can't remember. But yeah, it was all like there were a couple of there were a few indie games there, but it was all it was basically like a, a small British E3 rather than a yes sort of an indie showcase. So it's really nice to to see that you know indie developers are getting that kind of position in the in the market now you know that they're able to to go to big events like that and people are, mm. are going to see them i think that's really cool yeah it it seemed to be a lot of the, the publishers doing that really they had a small section for um like i think it was fairly unpublished kind of games and they they weren't any sort of smaller in scale the games really but it was just you can, it was literally just like a corridor 
very blank walls with some like laptop set up and barely anything associated with it. But the the rest of the the sort of indie booths seem to be controlled by the the you know publishers and yeah. and things that could you know got they've got the power to go to an expo like this and bring bring stuff. So I guess that for, if you're an indie um, developer, that's that's one of the advantage of going with the publisher. I guess yeah, they could really sort of promote it to people. But yeah, I, 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 as I, as I said, I've been a couple of times around the same sort of time, and there's a, there was a, yeah, you're right, it was like a mini E3 beforehand where you could just play. They even had like the new new Nintendo games there and things like that. So, yeah. it, it in terms of that, it was much more scaled down. But if you're if you're into indies, it was a great place to go and check out and see what's going on. Really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the indies, the indie scene at the moment is a lot more exciting than uh, what's going on in the AAA space at the moment for my uh, money. Oh yeah, you you go through these corridors and one game is completely different from another and it's like ideas you've never seen before, very striking. Mm. Um there's a few sort of standard, you know, like um life sims and things like that and things that you can clearly see the lineage from other games and things like that, but it's uh yeah, it was it's very striking like the amount of color and quirky characters and things that you'd see around every corner. Um, compared to what you would see if it were all triple A stuff, sort of yeah. dark and moody and same sort of games, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's great. Yeah, really good. They had a nice merch section, so oh, loads yeah. and loads of stands. Um, I bought a little cuddly Kirby toy for Alice because I wanted to bring her something, uh, which she was very happy about. Um, and oh, sweet. yeah, so that's a really nice thing. So it's a little bit of um, some retro games you could buy there as well, things like that. But just, I'm just reminded of how much the, those prices are going up for those sort of things. And I'm like, yeah, oh, no. not this time. No. <laughs> this is great. And oh, and um, in the retro section, I got to go on um, the original uh, sort of moving cabinet of Outrun. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really, really good. I've never tried it before. feels really good. <laughs> just, yeah. it, it literally just tilts to the left and right as you turn the corner. But yeah, it's just, something about it just feels really, really good. Yeah, I've... There's a a little place we used to go on holiday all the time, and I, I think I, I, I probably mentioned it before. They had like a little arcade there. It's like a a, a fairly crummy little amusement park, it's standard little rides and things. But there was like a little building in the middle, and they had an arcade in there, and they had all sorts in there. Mm. And that's they had in there um, when I when I was a kid. Um, I, it's, I can't remember what it's called. Is it Gal- Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest. Galaxy two Force. Is Galaxy it Force. It's like a um, uh, rail shooter sort of thing, like yeah, a, like an old yeah. version of a rail shooter. You know, two D. Yeah, and there's like there's like a planet. It's got like a tunnel that goes through the planet, and you sort of fly through it and mm. shoot things as you go around. Mm. They had that there with a moving cabinet. That's the oh. only time I've ever been on one of those Sega moving cabinet things. I was rubbish at the game, but I enjoyed it just because you were going left and right and stuff. It's quite. It is transforms the experience quite quite mm. well doesn't it yeah really yeah. good they also had the space harrier one there that was supposed to move but it didn't i think the gears had long run out and it just it was oh. it was static but i had a go on that as well that was really good um so yeah a load of our that's like the other thing a load of arcade machines in there so i just jump in from one of those to the other you know some yeah. really nice some really nice stuff going on there I miss arcades like that. Man. I, oh I yeah, miss proper arcades. Oh they they you look at them and they give off a certain buzz that you just can't find anywhere else you can't emulate it you know it's just there's something really special about it you know those those sort of slightly sticky overused buttons and joysticks (laughs) and the glow of the crt you know i I wish i did it more as a kid you know i I didn't go to arcades very much i really did i really it's one of my big gaming regrets that i didn't go to arcades more and experience that thing when it was 
very common. But yeah. there are places you can go to that just have like it's just old arcades, and you go in and you pay at the door, and it's all free play. Uh, it's just a, there's a few popping up around the country in the last few years that you can go yeah. to. Yeah. So they're still around. It's just it's that atmosphere though, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's, yeah. it's that ambiance of the old of mm. the old arcade. You know the sticky carpets and cigarette burns on the arcade yeah. cabinets and. You know, it's the whole it's the whole thing. You can't you know, you go in these new ones and it's all it's all really polished and nice and it's like this <laughs> Yeah. No, I want I want the old. I want I want it to you know, you go in there and you, the, the whole place stinks. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want from an arcade to stink like hell. You want yeah. it to stink. <laughs> and the, the big box on the wall that you you put a five pound note in and it'll give you chung 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 yeah. chung in twenty Ps. Well they still have you know? those, I think. Oh, love mm. it. Yeah, I think that's all I got to say about EGX. Really, had just just had a really really good time. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, highly recommended uh, for anyone to go. Uh, I think I guess they're doing it again every year now. Yeah, um, I thought. Yeah, I think it's a, a yearly thing, isn't it? Mm. EGX. So, well, I think w- w- I, was it postponed during the global event. I believe it was postponed during the global events. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it was on last year or the year before, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm so pretty it's, sure it's it'll back. be back annually now. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Highly recommended. News. Uh, have, have we got any news? There's a couple of things, but I don't really have much to say about them. No, no not really. I suppose the GTA 6 leak. Yeah, I've got that list as well. Um, I did see that they've caught the guy who did it. It's like a 17-year-old teenager, isn't it? In London, yeah. From London, yeah. I'm just not impressed by the idea. Every, they're like everyone's going like, "Oh, it's the the biggest leak in history." Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's 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 nothing. It's not nothing. really. It's absolutely. What do we know from these leaks now that we didn't know about GTA Six before? We know the names of the characters. That's it. <laughs> everyone knew it was going to be set in Vice City. Everyone knew it was going to be a male and a female character. Everyone knew, you know, yeah. the, literally the only new information is the characters' names, as far as I can tell. Mm, I guess just to look at it as well was, was was significant, I suppose. But it kind of looks like what you expect it to look like, really, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like GTA. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. I know. I mean, yeah. in terms of the biggest leak ever, what about those massive Nintendo leaks where they just leaked? old files of like loads and like hundreds of games you know and exactly. like you, you, they found sprites that were never used and all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff like that or go, you know going back in the day the half-life 2 leak you know or the uh doom 3 leak the the, the whole source code leak and people <laughs> compiled the game before it was even released <laughs> you know well supposedly so that's leak supposedly that's what that this guy had the source code didn't he he's going to use threatening to leak it unless they paid him loads of one billion dollars or something yeah so um yeah well they caught him anyway so yeah that's that uh we had a nintendo direct didn't we oh yeah we did yeah. we did oh, oh yeah we did yeah the, the um the farming simulation direct yeah. farming simulation direct farming simulation and anime jrpgs direct yeah yeah i mean they yeah. weren't much in it for me, I've got to be honest. No, I mean, I was hoping for a lot more than we saw on the new Zelda. They saved it yeah. till the end. and Right we, at the end. Right at the end. We got a title, we got a release date, a short new trailer showing hardly anything really, and that was it. And I was like, oh, okay. What, what, what's the title? It, um, I can't even remember. It's something like Tears, something of the Tears, like, Tears of the something. Tears of the... 
mongoose or something. It, something like that, yeah. Something like that. I saw an article, right? Yeah. Nintendo. I, 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 this is the honest to goodness. This is what the headline is not verbatim, but this is what the the essence of the headline was. Yeah. Nintendo confirms the pronunciation of the new Zelda title. <laughs> As if there were people who were really thinking it's Tears of the Mongoose or whatever, whatever the title is. Do you know what I mean? It's just... I love that they've got to come back and say, "Okay, all right, stop." What we mean, tears. All right, it's tears. tears. It's like, tears. Like crying, like it's tears. You idiots. You know, come on. Just, just ruin yeah. the everything. Now you ruin the whole thing. The mind boggles. Nintendo just really kicks does. something over. Honestly. <laughs> But yeah, um, besides that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there was anything in there that really, really, you know, got my juices flowing. Uh, Pikmin Four. Do you like Pikmin? I I don't mind Pikmin. It's mm. it's an enjoyable little game, but it's not something like it's not like oh stop the presses. It's Pikmin Four. You no, know, I'll take Pikmin Four, no problem. But it's not it's not like a a super. I'm not pre-ordering it or anything. Nah, me neither. I suppose it's nice to see them dipping back into something that they haven't done for a little while rather than yeah. just do here's more Mario here's more Kirby here's more Zelda here's more um, Fire Emblem they keep doing do loads and loads of like every single Nintendo Red seems to be some sort of new Fire Emblem doesn't it oh they're mad for and it. they look increasingly unapproachable to me yeah yeah <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I, I don't get the appeal no not, just not for me but the thing is that there's so many other games in every Nintendo Direct that look just like that like loads of anime JRPGs with people with British accents just running around uh, with hardly any clothes on and it's just that they all look the same to me Yeah, <laughs> they all yeah. look the same, they all look very unapproachable and probably take 50 hours and I just it's it, Nintendo Direct seem to be targeted at very specific people these days, like people who love that sort of game or who love farming sims and yeah. they don't really seem to include a lot of variety of other stuff no, I mean oh. Would have been nice to hear something about Metroid. Yeah, Metroid Prime Four, which you told yeah. us about years ago, and years. a couple of years ago they said they're going to ditch it and start again, basically, and yeah. that's all we've heard from since. And that a was a little two progress th- update, just yeah. like you know, something a teaser, you know, something would be nice. Yeah, yeah, anything, you know, a new F Zero would, would, you know, yeah. that's in a spot. It would, it really would. Everyone keeps saying that, but I was reading something the other day that futuristic races are quite niche into uh, you know the people who love them really love them but for some reason they don't appeal to a mass audience so I think that's probably why Nintendo don't bother anymore I gotta think they appeal to more people than another bloody fire emblem yes I mean look at yeah who's you know how many people are playing those games I mean that's what I mean you imagine like you know, just you know, average, yeah. just the average casual gamer who's just looking across the shelves for something to buy. Mm. They see something like Wipeout, and they see something like Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Seventeen, Rise of the Corn Cob, or whatever. <laughs> I just I you know, these know these names these names you're bashing um, out are brilliant. I love them. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I think I think nine out of ten people would pick up Wipeout, thinking, "Oh, that looks a bit that's look a bit like a spaceship. That'll be all right." Yeah, I know. But I don't know. I mean, it's making them lots of money, so they're obviously doing something right. It's clearly working because they keep doing them. They must yeah. be they must be selling like bucket loads of them. So yeah. and they did another Xenoblade Chronicles three, didn't they? So um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all right. If, if it works, fine. But save something else for the rest of us who don't like that sort of thing, really. But 
did you play Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Yeah, I played about three or four hours of it, and I just I got overwhelmed by the, all the tutorials. I quite liked yeah. it up until that point, until it just... It was like, oh, here's this battle mechanic. Oh, and you can also do this and this. And don't forget this and this and this. Okay, can I just... And it just keeps telling you stuff. And it's just so overwhelming. I didn't yeah. I didn't care for it. Yeah. Does it... There's a game I was playing, and I think it's Xenoblade, because it's got very distinctive voice acting in it. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend was doing something in the same room while I was playing it, and there's a, 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 one of the characters, I think it was just an NPC at a shop or something, said, souvenirs, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I think it was, I think it was Xenoblade, and like time went on and she said what what game was it where that person went souvenirs <laughs> and i can't i can't for the life of me figure out what game it was i can only think it was xenoblade so if anyone's played xenoblade chronicles 2 and can remember a character saying souvenirs then you know let me know because it's, it's driving me mental I, I i can only think it does it's one of the the shops there's, there's like a little town um, where there's all people selling things. I think it must be an NPC in the background trying to sell souvenirs. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, just, that's I, a... I just find that so funny. <laughs> I was also drinking water when you first said it, and I almost spat it out. It's, I just, <laughs> and you know the the like the, the opening bit of the episode, you know we always put a little thing before the, yes. the credits. You know it's going to be just souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, got nothing to find else. It, I've got no- to find out what game it was. Nothing else we say for the rest of the episode will be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Incoming indie. Right, uh before we go to stray I got an incoming indie. Oh great. Um and I know I mean everything all the ones I said in ETX it's indies. all being incoming indies but I'm I need to mention this one because it's got a Kickstarter at the moment. Oh. Which won't be running by the next episode. Uh although it is 80% funded and it's got like 20 days so I'm sure it's going to make it. It's called The Big Catch. It's, called, it's by a Canadian team called Filet Group. Um, and it's just sort of surfaced out of nowhere lately. Um, so yeah, it's on Kickstarter. It's a PS1-style 3D platformer in which you play as an acrobatic fisherman. So uh, and the animation and style just looks absolutely amazing. Uh, the... The the what, what I'm, no, I'm I'm sorry I'm not in, I, I'm I'm laughing because <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because when you said the big catch right when you said the big catch yes this is another thing <laughs> it's another thing that's that's just cropped up recently you have you played Sega Bass Fishing um, I haven't no but I I know okay. of it so Sega Bass Fishing you you're fishing. The commentator, <laughs> the commentator will, will comment on the size of the fish that you've caught. Yeah. And I heard I was watching the YouTube video where they were playing the the, the clips from this, and now ever I keep saying it like this, the way he says it, will go like you get a small fish, will go small one, <laughs> and if you get like a, a, a medium sized one, oh average size. <laughs> And if you get a big one, he goes, "Oh, it's a big one!" <laughs> and <laughs> every every time I get the chance, like I say, my girlfriend say, "Oh, uh, oh, do you want some mushrooms for tea?" I say, "Oh yeah, I'll have some mushrooms for the dinner." Uh, which one do you want? I just go, "Small one." <laughs> 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 
I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep getting away with it before it, before it wears out its welcome, but it just, yeah, it just reminded me when you said the big catch. But anyway, carry no, on. Fair enough. You've totally thrown me off now, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm still laughing. Oh, God. Right, give me a second. <laughs> That's two really funny things in a row I need to recover. <laughs> okay, I don't even know where I was. So okay, you talk. Um, it's a PS One style. Yeah, three D platformer. You yes. play as a um, a very acrobatic fisherman. Uh, <laughs> so the animation it just looks amazing, really very smooth the gameplay looks really really smooth you've got a rod you can throw it at things you can swing off things with it very very fluid really really nice um <clears throat> you catch fish as well obviously but it's it even that looks quite interesting because they sort of drag you along and you've got to maintain control and moving around and stuff it just looks brilliant it looks right up my street sort of a adventure kind of game i think it's fairly open the whole ps1 sort of aesthetic seems to be becoming quite popular now as well don't it? it's nice yeah. to see games sort of trying to, to to capture that look i think it is um yeah normally i wouldn't have a problem with it in this example i because it's got like a purposefully low resolution so you get these sort of jaggy edges mm. which obviously tickles that nostalgia bone but in this case i would say it'd be better off without them because the animation oh, right. and everything just looks so fluid it doesn't look like what was really capable what developers are really capable of doing oh, at the I time see what you mean, yeah. like the actual stuff that's going on doesn't look like a ps1 game it looks like a much more modern 3d platform it just it's just got that jaggedy look to it that makes and, and sort of um not super detailed models and polygons and things yeah but you know the actual is seeing it in motion it just looks a lot more modern so um that's the only thing i'd say against it really it just looks fantastic um i haven't backed it yet but i will do yeah, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> um, it's currently Steam only, but I think uh, a, there's a Switch version that's quite a, a quite a far stretch goal. But you know, who knows? It's doing well so far. So yeah, go and check that out. That's called the Big Catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how's it? How do you do the big one? Do a big one again? Oh, a big one. <laughs> It's something like that. I'm going to have to play take a bash fishing now just to hear these. You are. You, you're going to have yeah. to. Do you have the fishing rod? Yes. Ah, oh, brilliant. I want to get that. Yeah. yeah. I don't really have a working Dreamcast, so that's the problem with that. Oh, the, I, I think you can get on PC. Oh, okay. Can you can you get a working fishing controller for the PC? I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like you can't somehow. Probably not. No. no. Oh, well, well, that's one thing to try out then. So, um... Let's go. Let's go. Let's do straight, shall we? Okay. All right. So we'll be back in a minute. Are we going to take a break? Yes. I, I... Small one. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say, "Shall we take a break?" And then I would do that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> we can. All right. Let's cut. Right. Shall we take a break? Small one. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> let's not run it into the ground. Let's let's, let's go. Let's straight. go. Let's go. Okay.
Video Game Book Club. Welcome back. Today we are talking about Stray, the the lovely cat game. Yeah. So this was developed by Blue Twelve Studios, published by Anna Purna Interactive. Very good. Very good. Textbook. I'm not going to lie. I had it written down. <laughs> <laughs> release, release for PS4, PS5, and Windows via Steam in July 2022. The uh, the physical version is currently only available for PS5. I think. I think there's. No. A... Oh, is that incorrect? It is incorrect. Oh. Hot off the press. Oh, go on then. They Updates. have announced that they're going to be doing a physical PS4 version at retail as well. Excellent. Very good. Yes. Very good. So, uh, but the download version, if you want that, it's on all on those platforms. Uh, can be had for just just a whisker under twenty five pounds. Or you can get it on PS4 and 5 as part of the new PS Plus service, which is what I did. Yeah, that's what I did as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all. And then cancelled my memberships before the <laughs> before the trial ran out. <laughs> oh, you so you just did that one week trial, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've done. I, I thought about doing that, but I it ran over into the after that. So um, I've got like another couple, another two or three weeks. So I'll, I'll play some other games. But to be yeah, honest, there wasn't. Well the most to it. be honest, there wasn't a lot on there that I really wanted to play. To be honest, I know there's really nice. So. Uh, I think the Xbox one is a bit. Is, is, I mean, obviously it's been around for a lot longer, but it's, it seems to be a bit a lot more comprehensive. I would say it it offers a lot more. I think in terms yeah. of value for money, but. There needs to be yeah. more, more sort of general indie games on there and things, doesn't it? But um, give them time, I suppose they can add more to it. So this is a, a third-person action-adventure game in which you play as an unnamed realistic ginger stray cat separated from its feline companions when it falls into a decaying, sealed-off city. Uh, the cat soon meets a small amnesia-ridden drone called B-12, and the pair go on a journey to restore its lost memories and return to the surface, encountering a society of robots who fear mutant bacteria along the way. So, uh, we first discussed this ages ago on the long, long time ago. On yeah. the, I think it was the PS5 launch um, uh, announcement trailer, wasn't it? It might well have been. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah it was one of the state of play things, wasn't it? It was um, that one where they revealed loads of games that were coming out on PS5, starting with uh, Grand Theft Auto V, if you remember right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Was, was it the same one? Yeah. Was it the same one with Bug Snacks? Yes, it was the same one with Bugsnax, ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was quite a while ago, yeah. Quite a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, and I remember you saying it was it stood out to you as a really, as something you'd be really interested in. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it, it appealed to me straight away. I love the, the look of it and the, the atmosphere. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, so that's why you picked it, obviously. Mm. Yeah, he plays a cat, and it's kind of a, sort of a, in a dystopian world. Um, I suppose, I think, I think all the humans are gone. And you find out, 
not too far into it that there's robots left behind, isn't there? Yeah. And they they're quite human like, really, aren't they? They're not like robots. They 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 sort of evolved human personalities and things like that. Yeah. I wasn't really expecting that. I was expecting them to be more like beep boop beep boop kind of robots, but there's a lot of personality, more personality and sort of humor in the in the game than I was I was sort of expecting. Yeah, definitely. I, I I've got uh, I've got a theory about that, but mm. I don't know it would be going into spoiler territory to discuss oh, okay. that, I think. So, yeah, they like you say they don't act like you would expect robots to be like um mm. you know in particular there's there's you know a father and son who play quite a pivotal role in one of the, the sections of the game yes and you wouldn't think a robot would have a family in yeah. that sense would you no i don't even know how that works to be honest but no but it's um it's really nice to see actually but yeah i mean it's, in terms of gameplay it's quite a mixture of things really it's mostly sort of exploration adventure kind of thing yeah but there's quite a, a bit of quite tense action um, there's puzzles. It's a bit of stealth at the end. It's, it's sort of a. It's quite a mixture of, of of things, and they gel quite well together. Actually, it's sort of the the mood kind of shifts up and down depending on how stressful the thing you're doing is. And I would say definitely longer than the four hours that everyone says it takes. It took me like eight hours, I think, <laughs> in the end. I'm gonna say my first playthrough because I played through it a couple of times. I played through it before the last show. Yeah. Um, because that's how I knew I wanted to pick it, because I played it and I thought that this is something that I think, you know, would fit for our show. I think it's something that we could talk about. Definitely. Yeah. And then I played it again to refresh my memory coming into this show. So, you know, I played it through the twice. And I would say first time about seven hours, seven yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, you can do it in four hours if you know exactly what to do, I think. But, yeah. yeah, that's the, yeah. like I said. There's an achievement uh, for doing it under two hours. Oh I wow, can't, that's... that's yeah. I mean, the, yeah, but these speedrunners—they're just they're nuts, yeah. aren't they? They they find all sorts of weird ways of doing things. So. Yeah, I really like the general sort of movement system of the cat. Yeah, because it's very very fluid, as it would have to be if you're being a realistic feline. You know, they're very fluid sort of animals, and you can just sort of hop. It's got quite a nice. It's not really platforming because. It's quite guided, like you'll go to an edge and you'll see the little button icon on the edge that you can jump to and you just press that and it'll automatically go there. And you've got mm. sort of, you sort of hop from one thing to another. And obviously being a small cat, you can go to places that you wouldn't normally go to as a, as a, as a sort of normal human-sized protagonist. So you can, he's, he's walking on like, um, you know, pipes and things and all sorts of these very narrow ledges and, and stuff like that. Yeah. When you first encounter the robots, they freak out at the sight of you because they think you are these these creatures that have evolved from bacteria called the Zerks. And they they eventually allow you into their little community. And it's all this this city, isn't it? This city that seems to have been left to decay by humans and all the robots are living there now. Presumably they lived alongside each other at one stage. And I guess the robots have evolved as well. Yeah, but they live in this little sort of slum, um, and to sort of to look at it, it does look like quite a depressing place. But there's there's something quite homely about it. Did you find yeah. that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like there's they're they're all in, living in these tiny little apartments, and they've sort of put makeshift things together to make it quite cozy. You know, they got little rugs on the floor. Uh, all their stuff is sort of piled up, and the amount of detail that's in this that visually strikes you everywhere you go in this oh, in this incredible. little city is up 
amazing it's just there's so much stuff around like whether it's like piles of crt tvs and you know all just just everything like you go into every little apartment and it genuinely feels lived in like like it's got a history of people having spent a long time there and you know things are a bit worn out and kind of a bit messy but it just they generally look lived in don't they yeah exactly it feels really authentic you know it's not it it doesn't feel just like you know someone's just plonk a table here plonk a table here so you can climb up on the window it just feels like really natural environment as natural as a robotic environment can be but i mean it feels you know really natural yeah it's that surprised me it was something sort of uh remarkably um human about these robots really Mm. because they are like humans yeah, they are very, very human-like. Yeah. They, you know, the way the way they interact with each other as well. You know, they they've all got very distinct personalities. You know, mm. they've all they've they've developed their own sort of beliefs about because yeah. they're all trapped in this city, and you know, um, there's a group of them who have dedicated themselves. They formed like a little group who want to get outside of the, the bounds of the city and see what's on the outside. Mm. And it's almost like a religious belief for them about, you know, what awaits them on the outside. And there's other robots who don't seem to think anything is on the outside and you should just be happy where you are and make the best of it. And it's really interesting to see, you know, the, the although they're robots, they have developed this, uh, you know, a really complex little society there. Mm. And you, you get a real glimpse into it. It's, it's really, really well written. Also, like how well they all get along with each other as well. Mm. Like they're living in these terrible conditions, but they're all quite sort of happy. Uh, yeah. well, generally speaking, they don't like argue with each other. They just sort of live alongside, uh, and it's quite in this like, nice little tightly knit community. It's really nice. Um, yeah, and you got some like noteworthy characters in there. You have got the grandma who's just like constantly knitting stuff. <laughs> Yes, out of electrical cables. <laughs> out of electrical cables, yeah. Um, and there's Morusk, who's the the music guy. And there's eight sheet pieces of sheet music hidden around the the slums that you can find and give to him. And then if you give it to him, he'll just play he'll play a little song. Um, there's the Doc, who's clearly inspired by the the Doc from Back, Back to the Future. I yeah. think it's fair to say. Uh, and the two guys on the roof are just forever throwing pink tins across. <laughs> <laughs> I watch them, and the, the, it just the, the tin just goes to the same position every time. So <laughs> I was trying to wonder, I was wondering what happens if they start filling up. <laughs> There's got to be an end to this, right? But it just goes to the same place. But yeah, I love them. They're great. I like. I preferred that to you get later on. You go to Midtown, which is sort of a step up, where people are. It's a little bit more bustling, a little bit more active, a little bit more. You know, it's just kind of people going about there. It feels like people have got jobs and they've got shops yeah, and things. Like a, yeah, just a, a big city centre type place, yeah. nightclubs. And... I didn't like that area as much because it just didn't have that same cosy atmosphere that the, the, the slums did. No. Which is, uh, which is interesting. I, I guess that was on purpose, perhaps. I think, um... I think it was, yeah, because I, I think the slums tend to, you know, like you say, they got that more cosy feeling, and the, the midtown section is a bit more dystopian. You know, it's got, it's basically a police state. Everyone's really strictly governed on how, on what they do and where they go, and mm. you know, so I think, I think, yeah, I think there was a deliberate change of the of the tone going between the sections there but yeah i definitely prefer the the little robots in the slums i think they're yeah it's really nice um this this verges on a spoiler but i don't think so just to say that when you get towards the end you get a a a view of of everything 
sort of from really far away and you can see all the, the where the slums are and where the midtown was and i just want to say that that bit was amazing just yeah just seeing all these little buildings and seeing oh yeah that's where i did that and that's where i did that it's, it's not often that you go you play a game and towards the end you get, get to look back at everywhere you've been no, that that was no. pretty that was pretty cool it, yeah it's really yeah it's a really special bit of the game i think that bit. yeah i won't say any more about the end obviously but you know it's um that was that stood out to me no we should give us i would like to talk about the end a little bit okay so, so we, we will give a spoiler warning at some point well we can do another thing like we do with spoilers where we just yeah release it and there's a separate thing on sanclay yeah and that's exactly what we did so just check the show notes and you should find a link to it in there <clears throat> so in those city bits there's a there's there's i think there's 12 sort of chapters in the game some of them are quite sort of linear routes there's just there's nothing to do other than just to go through it and get to the other side and these city areas are more sort of rpg-ish adventure things where you there'll be like quest lines kind of not not explicitly that but in order to progress you'll need to this this robot will need something but in order to that you need to go to another robot to get something yeah. but he can't give you that until you go to another robot to give you like there there's um yeah the, one of the robots had to do something technical but he was too cold and he needed a jumper so you needed to go to grandma to knit but grandma didn't have any cables so you needed to go to the guy that sells the cables but he wouldn't sell it to you unless you get something else so it was that kind of thing yeah which um i quite enjoyed yeah, yeah, it's pretty good fun. Um, mm. Yeah, it's the same thing. So you, you'll need to get, I can't remember, you, you'd need to get an item from some person, but in order to get them, you need to distract them. So in order to distract them, you need to get a cassette, a cassette of rap music. That one took me ages to figure out. Like I, I, I found I found the cassette recorder, so I knew I had to get a, a cassette. So I, I thought that was probably what you had to do, but it took me ages to find the actual the guys that have the cassette, because yeah. wasn't, that wasn't obvious to all know that one. Yeah, that's quite tricky. By the way, if you don't, if if you haven't played, this, you might be wondering how a cat does all these things, like talks to <laughs> talks to people and like goes on quests and stuff. Especially when your average cat just couldn't couldn't be asked with any of this. <laughs> to be honest, that's that was the funny thing I found. Like this cat going on an adventure. I know he's trying to get back to his friends and everything, but you know, if you look at the average cat, they just want to sit around and lick themselves, really, don't they? But he's got a little backpack on him, which has got this B twelve cat uh, little robot. He remembers stuff about the city, and he remembers more the more you explore and you find things out. You collect memories, in fact. But he kind of does all the talking, really, doesn't he? He pops out yeah, and he, yeah, talk, he talks to the, the robots for you. The translator between the robots and the cat. Yeah, he also he can also pick things up by sort of digitising them, I suppose. Like any object you need to pick up, he'll sort of zap it and he'll, that's in your inventory then, which I thought was quite cool. Quite a cool, mm. cool way of getting a cat to hold things, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, the bits that that I enjoyed less in the moment were probably the Zerk stuff. Yeah, I, I in fact in my in my notes, uh, at my, one of my most frustrated times, I wrote the Zerks can absolutely fuck <laughs> off because <laughs> they are very stressful at times. Those sections, they are. They're these yeah. these little bacterias, these sort of flesh eating blobs, and they they chase you very. Um, a lot uh yeah they relentlessly, relentlessly yeah. is the word i was thinking of there's sections where you can just run and they weren't too bad because you can just you d- just dodge them and you just get to the end but the bit where you have to go to the tower mm. and that was more sort of segmented so you got to a bit and there's some zerks hanging around uh, but my problem with those ones is you couldn't really see the way out until you get down there with the zerks and running around and just desperately looking for the the bit 
where you get out of that area so that, and so to a point where they can't follow you yeah. and i died quite a lot on those ones and it, or i was playing this on the, my ps4 slim and i'd imagine this isn't the case for anything better than that but every time you die it took a good over 30 seconds to get back to just reload the exact same area you were in just to get back in there which was really just sort of breaking the moment really I found. yeah it's very it's very playable on the ps4 but i imagine it would benefit a lot from a you know if you've got a good powered pc or a, the ps5 version i imagine would yeah would run really well it runs on the ps4 but you can tell it's it's kind of pushing the limit of what i what think the so. ps4 can do the frame rate was a fairly stable 30 ish i would say mm. um looking at it there were sections towards the end where it did start to stutter and yeah. in, in the nightclub it even crashed on me at one point oh really oh, yeah, yeah i didn't get any crashes luckily I don't think. no that was just one isolated one i obviously did something weird and it was it was a, an unusual thing but um it's worth noting so yeah it, it, as you said it, it benefits from the best machine you can play it on but on a ps4 slim or a ps4 original you know it's perfectly playable it's, it's mm. fine you know but yeah, the, the Zerks weren't great. The uh, the Sentinels towards the end, which were which represent the sort of stealth sections, they they were okay in parts. But when they sort of locate you, they can be pretty stressful too. Yeah, luckily most most of the places where they can spot you, there's usually a cardboard box hidden that you can sort yes. of leap into, and then they they forget that you're there and, and wander off again. Yeah. Um. So it becomes sort of a, a case of, I think, plotting your route back to the nearest cardboard box if you get spotted but mm. it's still that kind of sort of quick panic in it when they when the yeah it's it's quite it's quite awful i don't i don't really yeah. like it yeah <laughs> everything goes red and they start and they're quite good shots at you as well it's quite difficult oh, to yeah. dodge their dodge their yeah, you can do it sometimes off at 100 paces. definitely yeah but uh, speaking of the box it reminds me of how what what sort of nice cat things you can do in the in the game, like you it's can. It's the highlight of the game for me. The the yeah. the, the cat behaviours in it are so spot on. Yeah, like you you can hide in the box, just like obviously that's that's a stealth thing anyway, isn't it? Like solid snake, you hide yeah. in the box, but you know just because it's just a little box that a cat jumps into, and that's what cats do. They love to sit in a box, don't they? They love boxes. Yeah, I don't know why. It must make them feel secure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's really funny. Uh, you can scratch stuff. Usually for no reason whatsoever. It doesn't actually get you anything. You can just scratch your little claws on like a sofa or something or a bit of rug. I have heard the PS5 version hmm. uses the adaptive triggers. Oh right. Um, to make it feel more realistic when you're scratching, you get like <laughs> a bit of resistance on the triggers when you're scratching. Oh, that's nice. Um, so you know, obviously the PS5 is practically a mythical object at this point but yes. if you are lucky enough to have one um enjoy that that scratchy sensation yeah do do uh what other, you can have curl up for a little nap yeah yeah that's nice yeah just random yeah. little nap doesn't do anything just curl up for a little nap rub yourself against the robot legs yeah i had a cat do that to me the other day it's, it's quite nice isn't it oh it's lovely yeah um <clears throat> yeah rub against people's legs there's a keyboard at one point where you walk on it and it types the <laughs> yes. letters in. That was really cool. Uh, you can get your head trapped in a bag, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and then while you're there, until it gets until until the cat works it off, the controls are all messed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you just sort of wander around in a circle like, with a bag on your own. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm struggling to think of other things to say, which is surprising me because I've got a lot of notes, but I can't. It's just. It, I think it's it's one of those games. It's the, you have to experience it. It's about the yeah. overall experience of the game. I think you can. 
it's more than the sum of its parts, isn't it? If you break mm. it down, you say, oh, you know, it's a linear thing, you can jump here and you can do that, and there's some robots and things like that. It all sounds like, well, it's nothing I haven't really played before. But then when it's all put together and you actually play it, and I think it's it's the character of the little cat as well. It's, yeah. it's all his little mannerisms. It's all... His body language is so perfect. The way he interacts with the cats at the beginning, the way he plays with his friends. and Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just everything about it is, is so spot on. You, he's just this adorable little thing. I just, I just, oh, I loved it. I really loved it. And mm. um, like you mentioned, the little backpack he's got on. Um, even when he first puts that backpack yes. on, and he's sort of slumped on this side, and then it's sort too of, heavy for know, him. Yeah. Yeah, it's just everything on it is is just pitch perfect. The the, the little cat behaviours. Yeah. I think I, I read that most of the developers had cats, as you would imagine. Uh, yeah, obviously. Obviously, yeah. it's 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 made it's. It's inspired by real cats, you know. You would yeah. you wouldn't make this game if you didn't like cats or you didn't have a cat, you know. So, no, <laughs> I I would say if if you do love cats, there are some quite harrowing sections in this game, though. Where, yeah, you know, seeing the the cat get injured and limp around, and yeah. you know, it's very heart wrenching when he when he finds himself in a, a bad spot. Oh yeah, and maybe I'm just sensitive, but broke my heart the, the 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 ending especially i really really plucked at the heartstrings yes. to me the ending yes it does um but the beginning where he 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 falls down into the you know into the underground city and he's sort of clinging on and his little mm. mates are looking over the edge at him mm. oh, oh god yeah poor little thing i know it's quite sad isn't it it's so sad yeah, yeah. I just feel, you just feel so at that point before, particularly before he meets B twelve. You just feel for him because he's just so lost. He doesn't know where he is. He's wandering yeah. around this weird place he's never seen before. Yeah, and he's all hurt and alone. And mm. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a, a great little game. I think that the uh, I can't think of many games where you play as a cat other than Blinks the Time Sweeper. <laughs> yeah, and, and certainly not a realistic cat. You know, no. Like I can't think of any really. I can't think of any. Yeah. But I think so. The, it's not like there's a lot of competition. But no. I think they re- they really nailed. I mean, if you were going to try and make a game that emulates what it would be like to control a cat, mm. I, they've done it perfectly. It's just really, really good. I think there's a lot of mileage in in cat based games, realistic cat based games. You know. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously set in a in a in a world that is a dystopian world. It's, it's got a sci-fi world. It's not a really really realistic world like ours. But I'd love to see like a cat, almost like a cat simulator. You know, where you just you go around your normal route and you find another cat and you have a little <laughs> Barney with him and you go and steal his yeah. food and you. you <laughs> Just because they, yeah. they're hilarious, they do such funny things. They, oh, they do. I, lo- I love cats. We're looking after a cat at the moment. Are you we're brilliant? At, we're looking after little Daphne at the moment. Oh, lovely! Little, little Daphne, little tuxedo, black and white cat. Ah, oh. she's lovely. Mm. She's just really nice. It's just funny watching her go about. She's she's quite old now. She's about eighteen, so she's you know she's we think she's got a bit of arthritis in her back legs, and she gets a bit of dandruff because she can't clean herself Aww. properly we need to we need to brush her but she's lovely she gets in the box and <laughs> Brilliant. that's about it really because she's old but yeah. she loves that box yeah they are funny aren't they we've never yeah. we've never actually owned a cat but we we lived near one that used to come in our house a lot mm. you know she used to sleep on our spare bed used to just come in immediately scratch on the the sofa so we've got a scratching <laughs> post that where she, 
where she used to do it. She's called Buttons. She's a lo- lovely ginger and white cat. And she used to just parade around as if it were her own house. You know, it's just, it was hilarious, you know. Yeah. And that got me, because I didn't really, growing up, I was never really an animal person. Hmm. I think because I get it from my mum's side of the family who are never really animal people. And I didn't, I wasn't really that into cats until I met Buttons. And now I quite like cats a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, if you, if it's definitely a game for you, if you have a cat and if you like Mm. cats, it's, you know, it should be top of your list, really. Um, If you don't like cats. I'd still play it. It might make you like them. It's still a good game. Yeah. And it might make you like them. Absolutely. It's still a perfectly good game, really. Yeah. And it's just aside from the cat thing the atmos- the overall atmosphere of the game is is just incredible really like we were talking about, particularly in that that slums city yeah. and, and and everywhere else really but it's just so atmospheric also the music um i i didn't expect it to be a standout as it is actually mm. because it is it's environmental and it, it goes with the mood of things and normally with those kind of things the music is just in the background it's literally just background music you don't really even notice it but there was some really quite nice music in there it was still yeah. very serene very pleasant and also it's punctuated by just little 8-bit ditties sometimes as well like you'll go to somewhere and there'll be a little radio playing like a little little sort of roboty kind of 8-bit tune that's quite catchy and and also the guy that does the music that that music is a bit like that as well yeah so it has a really good soundtrack as well yeah, I, the whole production because like this is their their first game as a team, and yeah, this, uh, yeah, I think so. Team. Yeah, I just think it's amazing. I I think it is because I I if you go on their website, it's they've got like the whole development blog back from like when they came up with the idea. Yeah, I read that they do that. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and it look they've been working on it for like six or seven years. Mm. Um, and it's it's. You can it's, you can tell like the the it's a labour of love I think it's yeah just, exactly like yeah. The, just the sheer amount of detail in every when they've thought about every single square meter of that entire game and thought what would you know how how does this robot live you know what sort of stuff is down this sewer everything is mm. just it looks like it's been made by a, a proper full on triple A team almost it's got the same look to it you know it doesn't look any less detailed than a than a full you know hundred strong team working on it but graphically it's one of the best looking games of this generation yeah and it's made by you know a relatively small team and it's just yeah yeah, outstanding i know you can do a lot these days with with 3d graphics and you know there's a lot of tools to help you and engines and so forth but even so it still takes a lot of work to do all that stuff Mm. and it's very good Really, and really to make impressive. it feel, you know, cohesive and real and living, yeah. like you said earlier, that's yeah. that's that's the real, the that's the the secret source of it. I think, you know, yeah. mm. you can have all, you can have Unreal Engine five and Unity do all the reflections and everything for you and the lighting effects and everything like that, but the real skill is in putting that all together to make it feel like a real place. And I think that that they've really cracked that. Yeah, how you even do that as well? It's just. The thought that goes into that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, and I got one reference here. There's a there's an Elder Scrolls reference in one of the. the oh yes, there is. There's, there's a robot that says, "I used to own a bar around here until I took a screwdriver in the knee." <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! It's just yes. uh, it's just humor, just little bits like that that make it a lot more humorous than you would you think it might be. Because obviously mm. the cat lens lends itself to being a bit humorous here and there but just that those robots they're just they're brilliant you know they, they yeah. still say things like this and they've got so much personality that 
It's their little face. It's their little faces as well. All their their faces are like a screen, like a square screen, and they can do different like facial expressions, like different graphics and things on there as well. So that brings them a little, quite a lot, bit more personality as well. Yeah, they they are oh, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. If they brought out some merch, like a, a little statue of the cat with one of the robots, yeah, I'd buy that. Oh yeah, I'd buy that in an instant. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is it doing well? I think I've heard a lot. You know, I think so. I I I don't. I mean, I. I don't know how it's doing on um, consoles, but I know it was on the Steam top seller list for you know a good few weeks after mm. the after release. So it you know it was selling steadily and quite a lot. So mm. hopefully, if that's reflected on the console side of things as well and the the physical pre-orders and things, I think it should be. I hope it does well. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I think my my wife mentioned. Uh, no, I think I said. I can't remember which way around it was, whether I said we were playing this game first or whether she mentioned it, but she said that it was in it was a clue in the Times crossword uh, oh, recently, really? or something like that. Or they have I think they have like a, some quiz questions and one of them was about stray and I thought, Oh, I must have made it to some extent yeah. if it's if it's in the Times, you know, puzzles and things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it deserves to do well though, because it's um it's really good. It's one of those sort of standout games of the generation, I think, really. Yeah, I would agree, yeah. Mm. I've I've heard people criticise it for being linear. Oh, I think... piss off. Yeah. Oh, honestly, <laughs> just get out yeah. now. Honestly. I was going to put it more diplomatically than that. But no, no, yeah, they can piss I off. Mean, they can piss off. Well sad. <laughs> a game yes. can be as linear as, as, a, as a ruler, you know, and it can still be a great game. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I think to to complain about the linearity of it is mm. to miss you know all the charm of the game and to miss yeah. the point of the game and the the story and what the things it's trying to convey and the emotions it's trying to convey. I yeah. think to get hung up on linearity is to to do the game and yourself a disservice really. Arguably, I think you can tell a better story with a linear thing anyway because yeah. you're directing a player down a particular it's like reading a book you know you know it, it, it takes you on a journey if you you've got the freedom to jump in and out of that journey and miss bits and do bits in the wrong order then it's not going to hit you as much as it really you know no no agreed yeah So uh, for next month, um, I want to do a Super Nintendo game because we haven't really done many of them. Okay. And um, also, from a selfish point of view, I wanted something quite small and simple um, to allow me to play other things and do other stuff over the next okay. month. <laughs> so um, uh, I got I had a few that I was thinking of. I only settled on the one that I was going to do today. Um, it's a game called Sky Blazer. Ever heard of it? Okay. Um... No, I haven't heard of it. I thought it'd ring a bell, but I'm thinking of Actraiser, which is a different thing. That's another one I was thinking of doing, but I've gone for this because it's just a little bit shorter and simpler. Yeah, so I'm not familiar with this at all. Well, it, it sounds like some sort of aerial combat game, doesn't okay. it? There's nothing like that at all. It's a platformer. 
Oh, right, okay. Um, it's, it, I think, a fairly standard sort of platformer, but I've played... It was something I just found, randomly found in my list of ROMs. You know, I gave it a little go. Um, and I thought, oh, this is quite good. I've never heard of this. And I think it's a bit of a hidden gem. It's something you don't hear talked about very much. Sort of, it's not as, as remarkable as something like Stray or anything like that, but it's just it just felt like a good, solid little platformer. So I thought we'd give it a go. May or may not have a lot to say about it, but you know, just yeah. it's just something because we don't really do a lot of these sort of quite standard games, you know, from this era in particular. Um, I think perhaps because there's not always a lot to say about them, but yeah, we've had yeah. games in the past where we had we thought we wouldn't say a lot about it, but we ended up talking quite, uh, you know, finding some things. So, you know, it, it's I thought we'll just neither of us know hardly anything about it. We'll give it a go, see how it turns out. Yeah, sounds like a good plan to me. Mm, good. Um, you, uh, why don't you run through all the the socials and things? Well, here's the thing: if you want to visit us, right? Mm. If you got the old Twitter, the old bird app. Uh, we're at Podum Up. We are. Uh, if you want to visit us on the internet websites, mm-hmm. the worldwide superhighway net exactly thing, the super high net. It is uh, Podum Up dot live. Yep. We're not live, but not, no, no, we're not live. It's catchy, so it's good. And if you want to email us, it's Podum Up at Gmail. Yeah, that's right. Pod them up at gmail.com. Uh, and do, do, please do email us. Yeah, yeah, do. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, Especially if you know where the souvenirs thing comes from. Souvenirs? <laughs> yes, exactly. Please tell I us. No, I need to know. And I'm not I'm not going to play through Xenoplay Chronicles oh, God again. God, no. God, no. Just no. to see if I can hear that sound clip. <laughs> You know, and you can't Google it. You can't. You try googling souvenirs NPC. You get nothing. Yeah. What about if you put a load of E's on in there? Souvenirs. <laughs> Maybe that's where I've gone wrong. Yeah. Try that's, that. That's, that's, try that's every that. sort of combination of number of E's you can you can put in there and see what see what happens. <laughs> um, did you ever find that game that you were looking for that? Um, platformer where you rotate the angle no did you not no No, i did not no Mm. still looking for that one so that's another thing to add to the list of uh, things you're looking for yeah yeah pod ups most wanted yeah we should do that shouldn't we list of things that we've mentioned that we don't know what they are yeah we'll put a little bounty on them you know a little bounty little a little token reward for anyone who finds these 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 little gems yeah um that randomly remembered. Um, you did a, a competition in the month, oh, yeah, didn't I did, you? Yeah, yeah. What was I can't remember what you what you gave. Oh, still, it's like Steam. Um, yeah, so things, Steam key. So Crusader Kings three and the Amulet of something or other. Something, something. Yeah, people got got well into that, didn't they? Actually? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Was that really, was, yeah, a, was quite pleased about. That was a, a really successful comp. That was so. Um, yeah. yeah. We should think about doing more things like that. You got. You got. Uh, uh, quite steam mad at that point. You've given away keys left, right, and centre there, weren't you? Yeah, the, yeah. The thing was, I um, I can't remember. I got a thing. Oh, yeah. There was a humble bundle. Um, about um, it was like some games that are supposed to teach you how, like programming principles and yeah. things like that. As you learn, as you play the game, you pick up on like programming things. Mm. That really appealed to me. So I got that bundle. And then I looked at my... Um, if you go into your Humble Bundle account, you can see all your unredeemed keys. Oh, yeah. And I just had loads. <laughs> I just had loads of them that <laughs> either didn't interest me or that I already had. Or yeah. So I just thought, I'll just 
dump them all on and you know see. But that's um, the other one I because I picked up humble the humble choice, which is like their monthly premium. Oh, oh yeah, thing because you can just do it. You can just buy it as a one-off now. You don't have to subscribe for like a year or something. Oh right. Um, so I bought that for I can't remember. There was one game in there. I think it might have been Just Cause or something. Um, and it had these other ones with it that I'm never going to play. They don't appeal to me. So I just mm. thought, you know, let's try and we might as well share, share them out. Share them out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I should do the same actually because I've probably got yeah. loads as well. Yeah, yeah I've well, I've run out now. So you know, my, my <laughs> the, <laughs> the Steam tap has been turned off now, unfortunately. <laughs> but if I come across any more from future bundles, then yeah, you keep an eye on our on our, our Twitter feed because you know that's where I'll be. That's where I'll be posting them. Yeah. So that's yeah. a reason to follow us if. Um, if you weren't doing it already. Yeah, yeah, you might get some free stuff. Free stuff. Cool. Well, I think we've had said everything that we need to say, really, haven't we? Yeah. It's been a, it's been an interesting one. It's been yes. <laughs> it just fell apart in the in the middle there, but it was, <laughs> it's very entertaining. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, from my perspective, I don't know if they're listening, they probably turn it off yeah. by now, but you know. Yeah, we had a good time. Uh, right, we'll see you next month uh, for episode yeah. 47 where we're talking about Sky Blazer um, and probably some other stuff. So, um, yeah, see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.